0: And welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Brie. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. Welcome, everyone. And we would like you to welcome the one and only Taylor Hickson to the Big Witch Energy Podcast. Who, as we all know, plays our favorite lesbian Jesus, Raelle Collin. Hydrate and really. bow down to the powers of smoothness, for one must possess such smoothness to win the heart of Scylla Big Witch Energy Ram's horn.
1: Pretty. I'm glad with you.
2: Thank you. Awesome. A plus across the board for that intro. It was awesome. Thank you guys so much well, for having me.
0: <laughs> the order now gets to explain. Oh, Why we call Ray a lesbian Jesus? Because she's the one that came up with the theory.
1: Listen, there's so many reasons. But I think it's pretty obvious. It's obvious. She's... I'm missing uh, it. (laughs) You're missing it?
2: Wildly missing
1: it. (laughs) Well, let's see. She's the lesbian character that heals people with Christian prayers. So there's that. There's the golden sun that follows her everywhere. She's a healer she's got swagger so she gets the title lesbian jesus
0: not to mention the whole resurrecting over and over right.
1: again yeah, she has all those powers wow
2: i'm like kombucha girl i'm like what mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right listen it's checking out that's some pretty that's so crazy exactly you did your, you did your research
1: well <laughs> just, we well, just, did his research we were just like wait a minute
0: <laughs> we were just like wait a minute color wait theory minute. and then put the pieces together
1: I put the pieces together <laughs> so the people oh, with God. the board and the
0: red strings <laughs> we are we are those people with <laughs> that huge <laughs> bolts and board full of like random stuff <laughs> wearing the same clothes for three days That's what the inside of my brain looks like. (laughs) Mine too. (laughs) For real. But that is our tagline, Hydrate for Lesbian Jesus, so we make everybody drink some water. Yeah,
1: so thanks for hydrating. (laughs) I grew this mint, guys. It's on my porch. You grew the mint? I grew it. Oh, that's freaking awesome. That's why I was
2: like, mint spreads like crazy. It just grows and grows and grows. It does. Yeah, and the more you pick it, the healthier it is. So I was like... I'm trying everything I can just to make use of the spearmint and I've been making it in tea. And today I just crammed a bunch of it in water and I brought lots of nice lemons. So I was like, look at me. I look like I'm from LA. (laughs) (laughs)
1: You're doing your little mint garden. You can get this
2: from, you can get this from Erewhon for like $30.
1: (laughs) (laughs) For your homegrown mint. It's perfect.
2: There better be like added collagen in it or it better like cure my IBS or something if I'm paying
0: $30 for lemon and mint and water. Thank you. Come on, Erwan. What What is the deal with that? I don't know.
1: Capitalism? I don't see I tell it. tell you.
0: <laughs> well, that is the deal. Must be nice Capitalism. to be rich. Just the deal.
1: <laughs> Literally.
2: Yeah. Well, okay. I walked past the, the Erewhon store and it called me poor. I was like... <laughs>
0: it was, it was, just like, it was outside like outside and it was like
2: mm, mm, no. Mm, no. No. <laughs> not today. no not today so i grew my own go down for the street free. to walmart <laughs> the characters and it doesn't matter where you go in any walmart anywhere there is like the craziest people and Wa- i literally go there just for fun for like a sideshow
1: bob Oh. Yeah, people watching.
0: Listen, <laughs> I am from the home of Walmart, where it all started. <laughs> Can confirm. <laughs> but our Walmarts are not like normal Walmarts. They are <laughs> like the Rolls Royce of Walmarts. You oh. go in there, and you have to walk like it's a football field, and you're like, Jesus, For where agile. the hell are I Oh, my gosh. <sighs> the bathrooms have, like, backlighting and taking selfies yeah <laughs> like, hashtag Walmart hashtag Air <laughs> Amazing. The, It's they're all they all have the lighting here oh
2: Come man mine, mine like they have like strobe lights but not on purpose it's like the buildings are so old the wiring's like shitting out and there's someone that's like probably doing drugs in the other stall and they're like grunting but you don't really know I want to go Maybe to taylor's
0: smoothies. like rave Walmart. <laughs>
1: they're all like that. They're all like, <laughs> just go to somebody else's Walmart, Brie. I even went to one in New Mexico, and I was like, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> like those crazy liminal spaces you
2: see on the internet, where they're like it shows you the nightmare. That's just like every Walmart in Canada. <laughs>
0: Have you seen those calendars, wow. people of Walmart? Someone has actually gone through and taken pictures of people they see in Walmart and made it into a calendar.
2: Should I be afraid or should I be like, is this something to commend
0: or is it like terrifying? You just need to dive in. Just do it. Okay. Find yourself. a be my next Goog search. (laughs) (laughs) Now Goog's going to be a thing.
1: For you and your CIA agent.
0: Yeah, the my, the state, NSA. my agent's letter is like slamming his head in the desk. <laughs> in
1: Why me? Why her?
0: Mine's bored <laughs> out of his mind. So,
1: speaking of crazy stuff, I guess you're. Thank you for being here, first of all, sharing your Walmart stories. We appreciate thank you for it. having me. Speaking of crazy, people, <laughs> you. <Yes. laughs> um, no, not you. But your character on Motherland, tends, we make a joke on our podcast that like Raelle's always getting tortured like constantly. It's like she never gets a moment to just like exist. It's always like, well, how Breathe. can we torture her now? No, there's no breathing. There's just constant torture. So will Rayel ever get therapy like the poor girl that just needs like to chill for like five minutes? Will it ever happen? This This is like
2: my personal fanfic. This is why I think she needs to end up on a duck farm because I think that would be a source of therapy of like animal therapy and healing totally. and where she doesn't have to run anymore she has a home base and um, her guitar um, has a yeah and silla has a home base you know she's finally not running for the first time in her life and she
1: just totally
2: feel safe yeah that's yeah she uh she should
1: <laughs> Elliot should pay for her therapy he should yes we've been saying hold on yes
0: she needs a couch for maybe to mine too
1: <laughs> the
0: entire like two and two ep- two like seasons and two episodes of our podcast we've been saying like Elliot just wants to torture rail and oh, that's man. the whole point of the show
2: that's a, like a common gag we talk about <laughs> pretty consistently with um, <laughs> while we're shooting it's just like he's like okay so you know I'm gonna give I'm gonna give him some breadcrumbs you know they're gonna have a nice little moment here and then snatch you know they're going <laughs> <laughs> yeah, strapped to a table, being electrocuted, being stabbed, like a <laughs> we
0: really you name it for episode seven this year.
2: I actually can't even tell you. Like, that's the thing, is because because of the car accident that I was in, everything that I shot when I came back, it it was sort of all condensed into one period of shooting. So I shot you know, I'd be shooting episode seven in the morning and then I'd shoot part of episode four and then I'd shoot the remainder of episode two because I got into a car accident when we were uh, block shooting episodes one and two, like right at the beginning. And then, um, you know, I missed a a ton of episodes of shooting. And so I didn't get to read any of the episodes because my head injury sort of left me immobile and like I couldn't read anything. I couldn't, I just sat in the dark for like a month and a half, sucked. And so when I came in, I was like, you know what, I have a choice where I can, because my storyline is so separate from what's going on in the rest of the story, that I can actually sit down and watch this as an audience member if I choose to. And that's sort of what I went with, you know, like I didn't have a lot of context, but I only got my portion of things while I was coming back to work um, before, you know, the, the trajectories align again. So... Over the next handful of episodes, I'm watching, like, you guys. Like, I don't know what's coming. The last episode I watched, I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. And I don't have anything, you know, any predetermined knowledge of what's happening because I just get to enjoy it like an
0: audience member. It's awesome. So what did you think about that whole Nicta and Scylla fighting? Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> it doesn't get hotter than that. Are you joking? I was like, damn, y'all. It's so I great. Interrupted. I'm like, I
2: need to know who wins. Oh, it was such a, I mean, it was just, it was kick-ass. And you know, I think um, the, uh, I mean, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say about this, but one of the uh, stunt what do you call that? It's uh, called a ratchet. So my partner is actually a, um, a stunt person and um, nice. Yeah, it's called a ratchet. Nice. And uh, the person who was, doubling candace that day i think she actually might have broken her nose Holy or something dry. something yeah like it was a hell of a stunt yeah. it was a hell of a stunt so applause to her uh, yeah, she right was on. fantastic yeah she really think put their heart and soul into that and there's some crazy stunts in our show
0: there are we just talked to michelle yeah. actually So wicked really you just chatted with michelle yeah, michelle, yeah michelle. Michelle. Oh, she's so cool <laughs> She's, yeah, she taught us, like,
2: all we know about. Um, so her and Ernest Jackson, um, who's, like, a really, he, he's an OG in the mm-hmm. stunts world here. Like, he's been doing this forever. So he did our, um, the first two seasons for us. And it was all of the the actual, like, army training. You know, we did all of that. We did all the obstacle courses, um, everything. And uh, they taught us rope dart, which is the ancient. Yeah. Chinese martial art that they weaved into motherland which is sort of like unheard of you know prior to to anything else on television there isn't really a lot of um attention to that uh and it's sort of like this dying art and so i love that they incorporated it into our show and um, it sort of carries all the same principles as like baton or uh, nunchucks it's a lot of similar movements and the the principles of the physics to it it's super super interesting but yeah you can sort of carry it over into these other these other art forms
0: yeah we got to talk about michelle teaching you guys how to use the the rope dart in the scourge <laughs>
1: she's very proud of you i guys. don't know how painful
0: she's that would have been for her
1: she's like my babies yeah <laughs> she's such a badass like she really is
2: and we're like, yeah, sure. Yeah. we're, we're to do that. <laughs> Not difficult. We're like hitting ourselves in the head with right. tennis balls. <laughs> You're like, yeah, that'll happen. She's just so cool. Yeah. She's, she's, she's such a force. It was super interesting to learn from her and she's, um, yeah, I like, I like that she, uh, she didn't treat us like babies, which I loved. I think so much of that, uh, energy is carried into you know production it's just like shelter shelter the actors and and then it just sort of it it can feel like it it feels like it 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 limits your power you know when people it feels like people don't believe in you and that's not generally it it's just that's sort of the etiquette of set you know that take care of the actors and make sure they're okay but it's also like you know we can fend for ourselves we're okay (laughs) we do live very like sheltered lives you know they, they keep us very warm and fed and we're very very lucky on set but it was it was nice to just be like dude you fucking got this like you're strong you're a woman you got it just do it and this is rope yeah she believed in it she <laughs> believed in it and she saw us through that so i i made you like commend her for you know treating treating us no different than how she disciplines herself which yeah i respect yeah. Majorly. which is why she's
0: awesome well, Period. one of the reasons. <laughs> one of the many. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so when we first catch up with the fugitives, it's been a month. How is Rayo coping with this new lifestyle of hiding and being on the run? Oh,
2: man. <laughs> um, I mean, I think she's enjoying being with her partner because it feels very much like them against the world. But... It, like in the true form of motherland, it's, it's incredibly stressful. It's high tension. Um, they're also in her territory, so I think she feels a lot of the pressure lays on her and, and to protect her crew um, because she's familiar with this land and, you know, the ways that the, the government officials work and, and whatnot. So I think she feels like she's carrying quite a heavy load to protect the people she loves Um, for something that's bigger than her.
0: Right. Um, Does it give her like a new perspective on what life must have been like for Scylla on the run?
2: I would greatly imagine, you know, I, I think she admires her partner so much and I think she's pulling a lot of strength from her partner to, to carry everybody and carry herself. And I think she majorly looks up to how effortlessly Scylla seems to do that. She's very independent, but almost to a point where she's, they both had to do this. They both had to rely on self soothing. And so I think, you know, they're both still learning. It's still a habit that they have to break in order to lean on other people. And um, I think that's something that they teach each other very often.
0: So like literally from last episode, when Scylla broke us all, by. <laughs>
2: Oh my God, that killed me, Amalia, in that scene.
0: She killed everyone. Yeah. Just saying.
2: (laughs) She's so talented. It just made me so proud. Yeah,
0: it's like proud and and also sad for Scylla at the same time. Devastated,
2: devastated over like, you know, feeling like she disappointed people and she's desperately missing her partner. She's away from the love of her life and just like, oh. I watched, like, there was a bunch of edits that people were tagging in today. And, like, I, I like watching them every now and then. But, oh, my God, I binged them because I was just,
0: oh, she was so good in that. Mm-hmm. She was. Um, but let's go back in time. So they had a okay. little road trip to get to the distribution plant where the Dodgers were. Uh, where they stopped with the Dodgers but that that Mm the bus on the way had to be like rife with some interesting vibes and conversations (laughs) so like what did what do you think happened during that road trip? I think we kind
2: of had like chats about the dynamic of like how who would be saying what and how it would work and you know I think it was really demonstrated when Kalita was kind of like hey pipe down Nikta (laughs) like nothing happened. Just because in. you're behind the wheel does not mean as long as I'm here, no, no nothing flies. No bullshit. She's
1: in charge, always. Period. Right.
2: Always. Yeah. Always. <laughs> it's like I think everyone's just kind okay. of like, yes, yeah, <laughs> Like no one tries it. So you know we we kind of like assigned a mom and dad and like who would who would be pulling the car over the most to to go pee and like who would be like are we there yet are we there yet like we made this whole who
0: won the who won those
2: okay i think we, for some reason we decided tony would be the one who would uh or adele would have to pee all the time yeah. <laughs> that makes sense and then ali would be very intent like are we there yet are we there yet right. and then Stella would be like, oh, my God, are we there yet? Like, <laughs> I can't take this anymore. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, Nick Nicta's just throwing her commentary back. And I think this is the one point where Raelle's silent. She's like, I'm just going to
1: shut the fuck up because this is not
2: my <laughs> <right." laughs> And then um, I think it was Ashley that was – or oh, what was it? I don't remember, but it we, we had a really funny one for Ashley for Abigail. Like she was she would just like demand certain things.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: In true. In true Abigail style. Yeah. I'm gonna need like twelve hot pockets at the next stop. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> I feel like Tally pulled out road trip games at some point. So Oh, she must have. <laughs> Between looking out the window like this, yeah, she's like, "Okay, well, let's play the hey, game. <laughs> I got travel Scrabble. Travel <laughs> <laughs> Scrabble. fifty-two oh, card pickup. I don't
2: know. <laughs> that would be like a mixed game. She'd she like, would just be like, "Catch!"
0: Right, it's Chaos. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs>
2: For sure, gambling probably like
0: people playing. Oh yeah, she totally set up like blackjack in the back.
2: Totally. (laughs) I think when they first leave, they're on on a bus that has like gambling. You're right, exactly. It's
0: like an elderly gambling (laughs) bus or (laughs) something from Florida. Shut up! We're like, did we rent this or did we do this? (laughs) She's like, oh, we're gonna gamble. We're gonna play Texas Hold'em on the way stock images or they had a photo shoot or something
2: to make the images on the bus. That's amazing. I like, oh, a thought went into that. Like it's
0: so funny. It's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. It is. So after that very colorful road trip, they get to the, the Dodger plant and kind of start meeting people. And then mm-hmm. we get Vera who shows up randomly. How how did you feel about I, no, that? I know. I have that. no
2: idea. <laughs> who... Who? <laughs> Wiener, Wiener? Mm. Schnitzel? Mm. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, that was a really fun, fun one. Like, just because call it that no.
0: bitch. <laughs> yeah, my character really
2: doesn't talk a lot through it. She's just, just no. very reactionary. Um, but Ashley was having a lot of fun with it. Like she would yeah. she was actually getting mad because I think you know. During one point, she just reached over and grabs a tomato, and she goes, "What the
0: fuck? That bitch just ate my tomato!" And I was like, "Ashley, Watch What no? It and
1: was amazing. Going,
0: oh, sorry, like yeah, she was just—it
2: was super funny. So there was like these little bits of improv, or we're just like having fun, all being in one space where it wasn't so life and death driven.
1: Totally, and,
2: you know. And then there was like a chance to have some sort of interpersonal drama, like yeah, oh, the exes
1: here. Yeah. Like, like normal people but... do. Yeah, it was just yeah. like,
2: oh, you know, A sense of normalcy, a normal problem. <laughs>
0: right? Yeah, we're yeah, not in no the world, we're dealing with exes. <laughs> right. In the normal
2: world, we're dealing with bitches who eat your tomatoes. Right? <laughs> exactly. Unfathomable, can't happen. Won't stand no. for
0: it. But what I love is that she's stealing, while Vera's stealing the tomatoes, Tally's stealing your celery. <laughs>
2: Oh yeah! Oh she yeah! Sometimes eating, eating all my every time she oh she always eats she's the, we call her fruit bat and she always <laughs> eats like all the vegetables and, and then she's like sick by lunchtime she's like, <laughs> <laughs> and we're like hmm. <laughs> well and props is like Taylor why are you eating so I'm like no I eat one carrot and then Jess takes a handful of everything else like it's not me eating like, <laughs> like we're, we're running out of like. Carrots and celery, and I'm just like, girl, talk to your girl over there because <laughs> I'm like, having here? I have like one nibble of a carrot, and then Jess is like,
0: awesome. off my plate. <laughs> well, now we know why the celery happened. <laughs>
1: yeah. Jess was
0: hungry. She's so funny. Oh, she
1: tells
2: me. The props people know that if they have like leftovers, they just send it home with Jess. It's so funny. <laughs> she got like, after belting she got like a spread of shark <laughs> She had like really nice cheeses she was taking home. We were like, all you, baby. Same with after the wedding. I think they gave us like a bunch of fruit after the um, uh, Bellwether wedding
0: where they had yeah. like all the bread. Right yeah. The, with the <laughs> lobster. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, that is awesome. That little tidbit. All right. Almost. <laughs> okay. So people keep asking me and Theora to ask about there's a line in the first episode we open at 12 and everyone's like was that that? they're like did she improvise that or the way she said it or something because it sounded more like taylor than (laughs) Rael.
2: no we were just goofing around i mean like when amali and i get into those spaces we you have to be you have to be completely open. You have to be vulnerable. You have to talk about your boundaries. You have to, you know, when you're being, it's just like being intimate with a real partner, you know, you have to discuss all of those things in like where your boundaries start and end and, and what you're comfortable with and where can I touch you and what, you know, that's so like, once you kind of break that away, it's, it's, you know, someone so intimately that it's just like, you're, you have, you have to, you have to show up and be there and allow yourself to be in that comfortable space. Otherwise it feels performative or forced. So I think that actually was a written line, but it's just like, we we have fun with it. We have fun with um, being in those scenes and, and taking those vulnerable moments because there's so few of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's when we love it. Well, it's like everything else just kind of shuts down and it becomes just about their emotions and what they want. And they can be selfish for the first time. And ever, and just enjoying their quality time together, and I relate so much to that because it's also a personal love language for me. So, so I really put my investment there, and I think it weighs really heavily on Rael. and I think that's also, you know, a fleeting love language for her because she never, they never get that with each other. So it's like they take their time to connect when they can, when it's brief because it's they're always running from something or like dying or screaming or crying, you know, all the other. Motherland stuff.
0: Just <laughs> motherland, motherland stuff in the filing cabinets that were behind you. You just know that it's like violent and yes. hectic chaos. Yeah. Well at least I had a month and I'm sure that copier saw some stuff. Oh. <laughs> that ask posters left or right. Oh, just that's, that's one other thing we said in the podcast review episode of that of that one. Was we were like, you know, that there are photocopies of body parts floating around that distribution center. <laughs> and then the somehow <laughs> it got to the point where, who was it that made a calendar? Oh, like Fort a, Salem uh, Necra, shout out to you. No, I yeah. mean, like in our theory, we had which per- which character making the calendar. Um, I think we were like, was,
1: was it Tally? And probably. Tally yeah, made a calendar
0: it of them. She's like, memorabilia! <laughs> and gave it to Abigail as a gift. <laughs> he sent it Yeah. <laughs> Abigail. Just because it doesn't bother her. She immediately. <laughs> burn it immediately. Yeah. She'd, She'd never look at me the same. No. <laughs> no, but yeah, one of our listeners actually did make an edit of a calendar that just had like, hands and Elbows. stuff <laughs> <laughs> photocopies they it called shiny <laughs> it should have been oh. <laughs> we put it on our instagram i oh, that's think a black, but In true style of fashion love yeah. it amazing i'll have to find that <laughs> yeah but shout out to for salem necro you did she does edits amazing from all our episodes because we we have crazy stuff like bitty chess and That was a road trip game. Biddy chess? (laughs) Yeah, like, we were like, what do the biddies actually do? All they do is sit around and play chess. They're always sitting at tables. It's like, what are they doing? But, you know, they get mad and they have to flip the chess board.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All right, so, away from biddy chess. So, back to you. Back to rail. So, (laughs) I love biddy
0: chess. (laughs) I'm the ref. Exactly. (laughs) Are there refs in chess? Yes, there's refs I in Biddy so. chess. <laughs> okay, fine. to
1: stop. The I game, am so one, so I
0: should hope so. That's Rails' okay. special job in the army. It's bitty chess, chess ref. It's my special unit assignment. Yeah, there's going to be an edit of that showing up. I promise. <laughs> there will be. In the checkered uniform.
1: Exactly. <laughs> but overall, over the past like couple of seasons, Rails had like this pretty big journey she started off as this girl who Mm -hmm. like thought she had no future and she was just gonna get blown up and then now she's like at this point where she has like people she really cares about outside her family who she's willing to sacrifice herself for so how did her experiences with her unit and Scylla like those closest to her now like bring that like fixer willing to sacrifice myself like nature out of her because she definitely didn't have that like at least out of the open in the beginning
2: yeah I mean how I think is um you'd have to sort of delve into each individual relationship between her and um, her loved ones. But I, I think they sort of knew what they were doing in giving her purpose and making her feel like she had a place of value. And I think some of the lowest I've seen myself or loved, member, uh, loved ones and members of my family um, was when they felt they didn't have value or they they had nothing to contribute to their family or friends or society, and they were very withdrawn and angry, uh, resented themselves. And um, they didn't know how to manifest their emotion without the vehicle of anger. Um, You know, they didn't, they sort of piled it all into one box uh, instead of compartmentalizing. And I think that's what each person sort of did was they all sort of picked a pocket and they helped her physically manifest and compartmentalize different pieces of her personality um, and the way that she connects with each one of them Uh, and they all sort of brought out something special for her and finding purpose and a place in her community and um, finding love
1: that's so beautiful it's like a little puzzle And adorable they complete the puzzle yeah and adorable (laughs) This is a random intermission due to technical difficulties. Please enjoy this elevator music, and we'll get back to our program right away. I told them
0: I'm laughing my butt off over here. Oh no! Why? No. Do I look that bad? No. Like, <laughs> oh my god, that's horrible. No, she's. You know, like, I just I saw. Pick <laughs> I also did yep. not expect
1: you guys to go on for five
0: minutes about Walmart. No <laughs> one <laughs> did. There are a lot of things to say <laughs> about Walmart, Kaitlyn. Right. I, I learned did what we had something. to do. <laughs> yeah, just wait no. till I give you a video tour of the fancy Walmart. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know there were fancy walmart okay?
2: I need proof. We'll exchange proof. We'll, we'll post comparisons on Twitter. Oh my yeah, like, God, compare, we need compare to. the
0: bathrooms. Oh. All right. It's a deal. I'm going. I'm you. going to the super center tonight because oh, cool. that bitch open 24 hours. <laughs> That's so fancy.
2: You got to go in there at like 2 a.m. That's when it gets fucking scary. That's, when it gets That's the
0: real. only time to go to Walmart here.
2: <laughs> like the whole Walmart just needs to be exercise. Like <laughs> so
0: it's what the
1: managers like, do. Holy water, everything. A <laughs> <The> whole lot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> We're Don't die, Caitlin. Oh, there she Taylor. goes. <laughs> oh, she's enjoying herself. Yes. She might need to drink some water. Hydrate for lesbian Jesus, Caitlin. Always. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Got another. <though. laughs> <laughs> okay. So, in the month between seasons two and three, or what the time period there, did mm-hmm. Rail and Scylla ever actually have a, an actual like deep conversation about all of the things that? you know, like Porter and all of the things that went on while they were apart or d- were they like too busy?
2: No, I mean, I think a lot of the stuff is sort of discussed. Um, I think, I think there is sort of passes at it throughout the season um, just for the audience, but, you know, we've, we've talked about it and it was said that even a bit before, like, you know, when you're sort of seeing them catch up and reunite, that maybe some more stuff was explained, you know, like a lot of the pillow talk and one of the, a lot of the unresolved questions, I think, um, just between them two, you know, stuff that the audience was privy to, but that rail wasn't, um, I think we sort of agreed that it was spoken about. Awesome.
1: Good. Because everyone's mm-hmm. like, they need <laughs> it. People need to talk on the yeah. show. <laughs>
0: we don't see it. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're just, we should have just hired a therapist to be there all the time for every character. No kidding. No kidding. It's just
2: yeah. It's a, every time they should have an opportunity to, they're like, let's not waste in talking about stuff. We should have sex instead of running for our lives. For Thank you.
0: Fifteen We've minutes. Got Ten right. minutes. Right. <laughs> no. until Elliot tortures Real again. We open a new. <laughs> and then Alvin shows up. We're right. is. Jesus. Albie. Alby. I'll be in the chipmunks.
2: I love Bob so much. Oh my gosh. Bob's yes. amazing. He's, he's amazing. Amazing. Like in between takes and me being tortured on the table and sees the to you okay? Are you okay? He's adorable. I'm not, I'm not actually a mean guy. I'm like, I yeah. know Bob.
0: I love you. I'm sorry. I just so that. He told <laughs> us that he, <laughs> he did doctor. that. He did he was so <laughs> afraid <laughs> you were gonna think he was awful yeah no
2: he was like so affirming and it was just so like jarring because in between takes he's like it's okay you're okay how you feeling are you okay and i'm like yeah and then he'd be like
1: "Die, action
0: i'm gonna kill you and i was like you're you're like i'm having some cognitive dissonance here (laughs) (laughs) It's like, either be all creepy or all good. Right. Commit! you <laughs> <laughs> so nice to me. Yeah. you like good cop, love- bad
2: cop, but like in the same person.
1: Right, at the same person. <laughs> yeah! It is, it's you like okay? he's- Are you comfortable?
2: Right, I'm gonna slit your throat! I'm
1: just- it got a dissociative
0: identity disorder situation going on. It's getting split. <laughs> He's like that on Twitter, too, though, because he'll just, like, reply funny. to something, and then all of a sudden Albin's there, and you're like, wait a minute. Is this Bob or Alvin? <laughs> Yeah, You never know.
2: You never know which one you're getting. You never
1: know. <sighs> oh. All right. So, speaking of, like, things Rail needs therapy for. So, it doesn't seem like she's ever truly processed, like, her mother's <laughs> death, too. Like, speaking of death, too. Um yeah. Like where is she now with dealing with that? Because like she kind of like lost her twice and it was crazy and just like how is Rail dealing with that right now?
2: Where is she? I at? mean, I don't think I don't think grief is linear. I don't think that's something you ever come to terms with. Like when you lose a parental figure, I think that's something that will always affect you, um, and it surprises you in, in weird moments of your own vulnerability and your hardships and you know missing their guidance or just feeling like you you will always need your mom. You'll always need your dad. Like you, there's just points in your life where you're like, I, I need them. And for her not to be able to make that call to be like, I don't, I don't know how to use the mailing system. I don't know how to send <laughs> with postage stamp. How do I do it? You know, I, I don't know yeah. how
1: to pay
2: bills. This rest- or <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to use a mortgage. Like I, how do I do that? It's just like, there's always a point where you, you'll always need your parents. It's not something you ever outgrow. Um, So I think there's always going to be that push and pull with her. I don't think there will ever be a finite point where she, you know, has this all healing conclusion. You know what? I've grieved my mother. I don't need to do that anymore. I think right. there will always be moments where where you need that person. Um, this, my partner said something that seems like very nihilistic or like pessimistic. I don't know, but it's probably more realist than anything. Like I, um, I had a period where, you know, it looks scary for a really close family member of mine. They went to the hospital and it was a parental figure. And um, my partner was like, "You, you got it. You're going to be okay. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do without this person. I'm so young. I, I don't know if I'd go on and, My partner said, yeah, but you will, you will, you'll, you'll make do and you make it work and you're strong and you'll move through it. And I know that's not the thing you want to hear, but that's what people do. That's what we have to do as humans. We pick up and move on for the other people we love and we got to show up for the other people we love and that's compromise and that's sacrifice. And, you know, I think she's battling a lot of her own grievances. You know, when we first meet her, she's feeling very weak. She has nothing to live for. She, she, lost her purpose she she lost faith in herself she didn't she hated herself she didn't love any part of herself so how are you going to extend that to anyone else you've nothing to give anyone else because you've drained yourself and she you know her chest was very closed very tight so you know through the work of people who didn't give up on her she found a reason and a purpose to motivate herself to to keep living for others initially. And then now she does it for herself, to extend love to others, to, to give back the gift that was given to her. Um, and I think you see more selflessness in her now instead of like this very selfish, absorbed hatred of of her. So yeah, it's it's been quite a journey to navigate, moving from being a teenager into, womanhood and being a young adult you know we we walked those same steps together so, so something very strange to do and in parallel and you know we watched and encouraged each other's growth and that's not something I've ever been privy to or like had the privilege of of having prior to prior to the show you know I spent four years on this show that saw me through a very pivotal part of my life I saw I saw death of my family members. I saw death of my friends. I had my heart broken and I left a four year partnership and all this was happening in in tandem to my own, you know, happenings as well as rails. So it was, it's quite eerie, but you know, they, they taught each other so much. It's four years of 24 years, you know, it doesn't seem like a lot, but like in my small lived experience, it, it definitely altered the trajectory of my life.
0: That's an amazingly beautiful (laughs) answer. And I don't think you're alone because a lot of people had that experience along with you. And then I really feel what you're saying because my, my father died when I was 18. So um, I went through all of that fun stuff at that very vulnerable time where I was like just starting university and, you know, like I stopped playing a sport I loved because in, college, in university because of it. So totally feel everything you just said. And you're very right about the way that affects you. And it shows in the way that you've crafted rail and grown with her. So thanks for that.
2: Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I just don't think that's ever something you can outgrow. No, wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Bree. That's you're such a beautiful strong person. You know you well, do. Thank you. You don't carry that with you at all. Like it never presents that way. So
0: well, it's kind of just like he's I don't know, there's a lot of him in me. So down to the the looks, like they used to call me little Gary. <laughs> Aww. And he that's was just sweet. that guy that everybody that. loved and like nobody nobody could say a bad word about. So yeah. I just carry that part of him with me and that's well, That's what it comes down to. Thank you for sharing that, well, little Gary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Back to non-death subjects, but still sort traumatic. <laughs>
1: yes. Yes. In a true fashion run <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Backing away from death. <laughs> um. So. We got to, got to, it wasn't a pleasant experience. We saw Raelle get sucked in the mycelium. <laughs> and uh, the privilege. it was a privilege to We be enjoyed. There. It was a wonderful time being sucked in, no. <laughs> um, so we got to talk to Ron about the visual effects of that whole, that you whole did. Whole. We've been talking to all the crew that we can. Oh like my God. We want them to be appreciated.
2: Thank you so much. I love Ron. I'm so elated. Thank you so much for doing that. That is like,
0: wow. I commend you so much. That is amazing. This was like something that Caitlin really spearheaded because of her background and, of course, kind of like the business literally, side in, the background, right in now. the background. In the background. Oh yes. <laughs> love you, Caitlin. <laughs>
1: Yes, everyone, send your love to Caitlyn. Yes. Yes. Exactly. I physically would not
2: be, or I would be a freeze frame if Caitlin wasn't here. Or <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> almost muted. Uh, yes. Yeah. She's probably over there dying. <laughs> yes. Just say it, Caitlyn. So the question was,
1: Amazing. he, he told, Just say it. Just say it. I don't think she's. Wait, say what? (laughs) I'm worried she's dead. Hydrate for lesbian Jesus. (laughs) 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 What am I supposed to be saying? Whatever you want. (laughs) She said, "I said what I said." (laughs) Oh, perfect. perfect. The lion sleeps
0: tonight. That's all you got. Okay, cool. (laughs) Thanks, Kate. So he told us about filming, (laughs) filming that scene from a technical standpoint. But what was it like for you filming that scene? Um, it was bizarre. It was one of my first, uh,
2: one of the first scenes I shot in the studio back from recovering from my concussion. Um, and I remember that day, oh, the the set deck, I should post a photo of it because set deck and, and props, they, the production came together and made this tent for me because I, I still to this day, but, um. It was much more severe at the time. I struggled with overstimulation. So basically I would just freeze up. Um, And this is something that, you know, I talked to with another cast member who also has the same problem in their everyday life, not just suffering from, you know, an injury. Um, And they sort of helped me cope with it, but they created this beautiful Zen space and it put me in tears just because it was just like that much time and love and care was put into welcoming me back and making sure i felt safe i was just like <laughs> fucking mind blown that we have such a great team taking care of us it was just amazing um so aside from that we had um our stunt team or our stunt coordinators uh uh recent sharon and they were kind of you know sharon kind of was like holding my butt underneath this platform so yeah they shot their half of the scene in the woods while i was still recovering and maybe like a month more maybe later um they sort of created this like green platform for green screen and it just had this like hole where i could stick my hand up through these two pieces of green fabric and i could like crawl and poke my head up um so they had cut this hole in this platform and there was like i don't know maybe four feet beneath it and they had all these mats and so um Sharon and Reese were kind of like spearheading this because you know they wanted to make sure I was safe and then I didn't bump my head again um so Sharon kind of had my back and then I like as I disappear I sort of fall into the mats. so they created this underground space that I could physically disappear into which was super interesting so they had Amalia up on this platform she had to like walk upstairs up the stairs to like get on this platform and they rebuilt the tent and they had her like reaching in while I was screaming and clawing for her but it was only her so I didn't see anyone else that was like peering into the tent it was super bizarre to have it chopped up that yeah. way yeah yeah but now that I have watched it I was like oh my god so that's, that's
0: you know exciting. I only got
2: the the one side of things yeah <laughs> like, oh, super okay.
0: totally what was out of, outside
2: the tent yeah <laughs> that's what was i was like, doing yeah it was very bizarre like they must have been talking to like a green ball or something like i yeah i don't right. know it must have been very frustrating for them to have to react to something that wasn't physically happening and then us having to sort of mesh and match that months apart you know i had to create something that made their reactions reasonable or motivated their reactions and mm-hmm. and then amalia had to match both things Everything. you know so thankfully oh yeah molly was there and he kind of coached me through what was happening and gave me a, an idea of what to expect and sort of what to what to follow so that i could um, make it match but yeah wow. film is a strange beast
0: absolutely <laughs> mm-hmm. weird one oh, i can't imagine mm-hmm. no it's so cool you got to talk to ron about that yeah, he was Very telling cool. us about yeah. the neoprene fabric that they made special. Yeah. It was a really cool conversation. Wow. I,
2: I like I probably don't even know half the stuff. You know, I get in there and they're like ushering me, like, hey, we go do this and we're doing that. And they're just like making are you safe? Do you feel safe? Do you feel safe? Don't hit your head. Please don't hit your head. Can we put a helmet on her?
0: <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the season rails wearing a helmet constantly. Like, oh, that joke has been made. I bet it has. Oh, my God. <laughs> And it's not, it's like, the problem
2: is it's, it's like half a joke and half of people are like, no, can we actually do that? She's like really injury prone. That was my seventh concussion. And I Good think
0: Lord five of
2: them were from film incidents. Wow. Which is
0: crazy. Yeah. I, w- two of them I would hard, not so. do any stunts after that.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been hurt a ridiculous amount of times. Just like fluke. Fluke things. And yeah, you know, so... I'm not, I'm not allowed to do stunts anymore. I like doing them, but they've sort of, it's forbidden fruit.
0: (laughs) It's fun, but I think I'll let the, the double live. Yeah. (laughs) I choose life. life. Just say no to stunts.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're sorry. Thank you for yeah. just keeping going despite that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, thank you for staying you know, alive and keeping the courage to do that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, staying I, alive. Yes. I honestly credit um, our writers and, and Amanda Tapping, um, you know Brian Studler, one of our writers and one of our showrunners, and Amanda Tapping for creating that space. You know, I tried to come back to work like the same week I got in the car accident, and I think that the problem with that is like, there's still a lot of adrenaline flowing. So like my body was hurting, but my head injury hadn't kicked in. So I didn't know that I had a brain injury at the time. Um, and that I started showing symptoms maybe like two weeks in. So after my body started to recuperate and I was like, okay, good. I I can go back to work. Then my brain was like, okay, my turn now that your body's (laughs) okay. My turn. Yeah. So it was just like my body was kind of going like system check. Okay. That's working. Now you can deal with this part. Um, and that was what really put me out for a while. But I didn't see that until two weeks in. And I tried to come back to work the f- like a few days after the accident. And Amanda saw me and she's like, why are you here? Like, go home. We'll make it work. We'll make it happen. And there was a there was a very selfish part of me that was like, I I don't want to miss any moment of shooting the last of our show. Like, I don't want to miss that. But also I feel a responsibility to be there and be there for everybody else. And, you know, it's it's all, it's all very much me dealing with my own ego and learning how to let go and learning how to let go of the caretaker role and being cared for. That was a massive learning curve. Um, I, I was, yeah, I was physically immobile for like almost a month and a half. And so I really had to rely on other people. I really had to ask other people for help. And that frustrated me because I wanted so bad. I couldn't even get up and walk 10 steps without getting dizzy or, you know, seeing stars. It was just like, I've, I had never been so incapacitated and felt so infantile in my, in my life. I felt embarrassed. I felt weak. I felt ashamed of myself. It was like, I was disgusted with myself and I, I harbored so much resentment for not being strong enough to show up and be there and be there for my team. And so it was something that, you know, I really had to get my foot out of my ass. I really had to get over myself because the only way to push through that was to give myself the care that I needed and allowed myself to rely on other people the same way that Rael, you know, you keep learning that lesson, the lesson will keep being given to you until you learn it. So, you know, in order to be there and show up for people, I had to do the work to take care of myself. And what's so funny is Amalia knows me like the back of her hand like she (laughs) the day before my accident she came up to me and she's like something's wrong with you and I was like what are you talking about she's like I know you I know you're burning out Taylor if you don't take care of yourself you're gonna spread yourself so thin you can't take care of anyone else I know you are so invested in everybody else's care right now but she's like I can see you have nothing left to give anybody stop take care of yourself. Go home. Stop spreading yourself so thin. Take one weekend and stop trying to be there for everybody else's bullshit. Go home. And the day after <laughs> I was leaving work and that's when we got in the car accident. Wow. It was just like Amalia knew before I did. And <laughs> the universe said, you're not going to take a rest? Bitch, I'll make you take a rest.
0: The universe told you. <laughs> well, <laughs> I you. you like, like, learn today.
2: I probably wouldn't have though. I wouldn't have taken the rest. And like, I've. it was such an introspective, spending that much time with yourself in a dark room and like doing drugs. Like you have way too much time with your thoughts, way too much time for self-exploration. But you learn a lot about yourself because you're not busying yourself with stimulation. You're forced to face your ego, face your bullshit. I also didn't have control over my feelings. You know, I was having, I had no way to manage how I was feeling at any given time because my hormones weren't being fluctuated. I was dealing with trauma to the back of my head, which, you know, threw my entire body out of alignment. I had, I didn't recognize my body. I didn't recognize my reaction to anything. Um, and it was humbling. <laughs> it was very, very fucking humbling. Um, and I learned a lot about my own boundaries and my own strength. So it taught me a lot more about Raelle too, strangely. So I think you'll see, you see a turn, you see a change. Um, stemming from you know myself and my personal happenings um in the latter half of the season
0: funny how the universe does things like that funny isn't it Mm -hmm. Hmm. it's almost like there's a plan (laughs) 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 exactly
2: yeah and better than ever
1: yeah well good good yeah i'm just glad that there was at least a positive that came out of something like that because it can be super super yeah. traumatic for a lot of reasons like you said so and really of course
0: amalia is a good boss to have she was like <laughs> <laughs> girl right
2: it was so it was like i remember everyone obviously was so sweet and came and visited me and um they they were really looking out for me like i was so ridiculous i was so worried about everybody else and I was like how could they possibly you know if I'm not there if I like everything no shit goes on like it's the same it's the same thing people will pick up and make do and I was just like I'm ashamed that I didn't have faith in like everyone else and I was like they're the reason that the show goes you know they're like not because like I'm helping everybody or I'm like making sure the team's to you know what I mean I felt like it I had this responsibility to, to be there for everybody. And I felt like I was, yeah, I felt like I slacked on my responsibility and I was just like, how, you know, what what's gonna happen? I'm, I'm gonna fuck up everything and it's all my fault. And I was just like, there's so much blame, but to see how resilient everybody was, just like had that much love and I just had to trust and it was just like, I think what I really didn't trust was myself and like being able to get back, you know, it was, it was all inner shit. It was all like, I think I was just feeling sad and left out and, and like everybody came and made me a part of everything and they caught me up on everything. And, you know, they were so invested in my well being when I was worried about them. Like it's always, you know, grass is always greener and yeah, it was, we have such a great family and I was so well taken care of. And yeah, all the girls came and visited me. I loved everyone so much. She's going to start crying again. But yeah, well, well taken care of. It was, a, it was an ego trip. It was very interesting.
1: All right. So we'll move off the like crying bit and talk about something else real quick. <laughs> Change the tone a bit. <laughs> <No such laughs> Save thing. those tears. Save those tears. Um, no happiness <laughs> in motherland. <laughs> <laughs> no so we've talked to a couple of other cast members um like bob and cat and catherine and we've asked them um kind of like what do they do to get into character like bob we always talk about this one because i think it's funny bob just says i say hey uh, um hello clarice like hannibal lecter and then i'm albin magically um which makes sense oh (laughs) no So, so we're wondering. It checks out. That's awesome, right? It checks really out awesome exactly. <laughs> so, do you have? I don't know if you have a catchphrase, <laughs> like. Um, I
2: mean, well, I've yeah, music is definitely helpful, especially um, like when uh when my character is is feeling very intensely, um, music definitely helps motivate the flow of you know where I'm putting my energy and where I'm putting, um, my emotions, but one of the biggest things every morning when I would sit in the chair was the braids. That was like, you know, I was tailored until I had my braids in and then I would be like, fuck me, like finger guns in the mirror. <laughs> it was just, so yeah, it was, it was quite, um, it was very interesting this year to not have them. But I think fortunately, you know, I've fallen so into step with this character because I think um, during the pilot, I was juggling two shows. I was shooting the pilot and I was shooting season one of Deadly Class, which was another show that I did. Um, So, you know, I was kind of, there was a point where I was going back and forth for like a couple weeks shooting the same characters, or sorry, shooting different characters. And uh, that was really... (laughs) really hard on my brain to switch from such drastic personalities and then being like which oh yeah which one's me and all of this and then um so this one i because we've grown so much together i think by three there's so much that we share in common it really became organic for me to show up to work and there was so much of myself in this character and i was fortunate you know that we our paths grew very much in tandem because there wasn't a lot of separation by the finale of our show that you know it was something as simple as showing up and having the people around me and the thing that we built and it was just like putting your shoes on for the day you know um it was very much that but definitely at the beginning it was the braids and you know, suiting up my army jacket, it, it would do something in your posture. It holds you in a specific way. That's what Kath and, said. That's what Catherine said. Yeah, yeah. It's. It's very much that I, I remember. I just spoke about this in another interview, but. Um, during the shooting of the pilot, I I really had the shit scared out of me because. The way that I interpreted Rail and the way that I auditioned and booked this character was, you know, to be very forlorn and feeling bad for herself and weak choices because i assume that's how it was written but they were looking for this something that could grow from this character and they were looking for capability and mm-hmm. potential um and there was just something missing that they were like i we do, can't find it we don't know what it is and they were like if we don't you know sort something we might have to look at other options for Rail." so obviously this was terrifying this is like the scariest thing you can hear as an actor is you know you might lose your job and i kept asking you know what do you want what do you want i'm an actor it's my job to adapt i can i'll do anything you want that's my job and they were like it's just we don't know there's just something and that's what pilots are you know you everyone's trying to find their footing no one really knows what they want until it's there and you're like yes that's it that's the thing and so you know i was completely lost and just beside myself and i went to this acting coach and she was like okay I don't want you to change anything about your acting or your performance. I know you're confused and you think you need to completely change your performance. That's not what I want from you. And I was like, okay. And she's like, I want you to plant your feet in the ground. Imagine there's roots coming out of the bottoms of your feet. And I want you to hold your spine tall. And I want you to speak from your diaphragm or better yet your vagina. I want you to speak from your groin. <laughs> and I was like, okay. She's like, but don't do anything different with your performance. Go to work go into work tomorrow and do that and then come back to me. And I was like, that's it. That's all you want. She's like, yeah. So I went in and I shot the first fight scene that I had with Abigail on the pilot, you know, where I marched and just pissed right off. Um, and I challenge her. And so I <laughs> marched in and I, you know, it was my first time in my sort of like army greens, my army wear. Um, it was the first scene I shot out of civvy clothes And so I think that in tandem with like, you know, this rage and like speaking from my diaphragm and finding my power and finding power in my anger, instead of making it a weak anger, it was all in posture. It was all in stature and just like a cadence. They were looking for a certain cadence and it blew my mind because they all came running out of the video village tent. They went, there, that's it, that's Raelle. And I went, oh my God, I'm gonna throw up, thank God. (laughs) I found her. But you know, you, you can kind of see a subtle difference when you're watching the opening of rail, and you know, this year, like kicking rocks near the train tracks, and she's walking through the village, and she comes in and she's not really making eye contact, and you know, she has to heal this woman, and they, she slides her money, and she's like, quite meek. And so you, you see her sort of come into her anger towards the later part of the pilot. So you can see where that dynamic change, At least I can. I certainly felt it, but yeah, it was a super, it was, I, I, it was a super interesting um, backstory and um, s- you know, something that's not generally so intuitive about casting and the networks. And like, that's the trouble is just, they often don't know what they want. So you're kind of like throwing shots in the dark, but thankfully something worked.
0: It sounds like fun. <laughs> Here we are.
2: Yeah, yes. it's like how much about that. And she taught me to do that myself, you know, like, pull my shoulders back and even though she was making choices that some might see as weak she did it with power and i think that was that thing they were looking for because she had so much to carry throughout the trajectory of the show that they wanted to see she could do it
0: (laughs) i love that story (laughs) you can though you can see it from from like session rail to Mm-hmm. like when you get in there military. And yeah, military yeah. It, and it kind of makes sense
2: too you know like she's sort of in the safe space of her grieving but then she's angry that she has to be there like this is the thing that killed my mother and i'm being forced to do this yeah it's so it i think that sort of transition worked that we didn't have to go back and reshoot the but you definitely see the even when she's like sitting up in bed like there's no weak posture to her she's never bent over she's just like very daring looks you in the eyes it's very challenging
0: yeah, yeah. absolutely it's interesting mm-hmm. i mean and it works because there's a difference between being at home surrounded by all the postcards that your mother wrote you when she was you know yeah. off in and battle. the safety
2: of your grief yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: okay <laughs> i love that one so <laughs> What kind of relationship have you forged out of working within the connection between yourself and Amalia? Like, did you guys work with an intimacy coordinator at all?
2: No. So Amalia and I chatted a lot about this um, because it was sort of being offered to us in the latter half of our shooting, especially season three. And we were like, for what? Like, we sort of had to figure this stuff out out for ourselves like this is a very new concept actually being brought from LA up here um but when we started we didn't there wasn't really such a thing like it was very very rare maybe a few shows had it but no one had really heard of it so it was just kind of like you had to figure it out yourself so Amalia and I really worked hard to to chip away all the you know any awkwardness and just like you know during blocking we'd be like okay, why don't we just kiss in the blocking so that it's like, it's off our chest and it's there and we can actually get comfortable and intentional about what we wanna do with this. And we can play, cause that's the point. Cause it, like, you're always, you know, you get in there and it's a professional setting and there's like, however many people watching you and you're like, hey, so like uh, the choreography of this, like, am I pushing up against the wall? And you're like, both standing there and the director's like, yeah, something like this. And you're like, you know, not trying to get too close to the person. (laughs) invading their space and you're like and then i have to put my hand down on her, 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 her uh, doors uh dance and you're they're like yep um we're gonna kind of and then you just kind of have to do one i mean amalia was like why don't we just gun gun it and the director's like no no, no you don't have to do that and we we're like no i think we will just to so that we understand the the, the construct of the scene because you know the camera has to move with us so you have to sort of predispose yourself to like every every movement you're gonna make you sort of have to plan it so like there's a there's only so much organic matter you can bring in that feels new um yeah so we just were like why don't we just lay it out all, all on, on the table so we never really had an intimacy coordinator we, th- these are all things we had to do with ourselves we talked about the ugliest part of ourselves our relationships our heartbreaks when we felt most loved, because these are things that, these are tools we could use with each other and also just very personal, private things in a way that only a partner would know you in that intimate way. Because your partner will know you better than anybody, literally inside and out, you know? So like, if you want that to play, you want that to read, you have to commit. You have to show up for the other person. You have to be a team. You you can't Can't be me versus you. There has to be no shit there. You can't be closed in any way or it's not going to read. It's going to come off rehearsed. It'll come off sterile and stiff and no one wants to watch it. You know, you lose them. And that's the pilot, you know, that's one of the last things you see. So it's like, you got to go there. And we, we had to figure out really quickly how to be a team or it wasn't going to play. And of course she made me really nervous. I mean, in the casting, I thought I'd lost the job early in the casting process because they knew immediately they wanted her. They called her while we were all in LA and I didn't get a call for two weeks. And the other person going out for Scylla was my friend and we got the chance to practice. So the stranger got me in the room and did nothing at all like how I had rehearsed it. And yeah, it was just like really threw me for a loop, but I didn't hear back for two weeks. And so, I figured I'd lost the job, but I think because of the way that she psyched me out in the room, it was the reason that I was casted because, you know, Scylla is, is meant to throw off rail. There's, there's meant to be that shift in dynamic that changes everything for her, it changes purpose. It's, it's the beginning of her growth. It's the beginning of the entire trajectory that you see from one to three. So, you know, she was the one that stimulated that little bloom. And, um, yeah, I understand what they saw now, but I thought for sure I wasn't going to get the job because <laughs> she scared the shit out of me. I felt this <laughs> big in the room.
0: What well, was <laughs> she, she scary? Just, like, just her
2: presence? She, she, Yeah, she's just, her eyes were so intense and she's beautiful. And she said everything with conviction, but she also didn't read anything at all like the way I'd rehearsed she she threw me off. She just, she made such unique choices that, you know, there was nothing I, I, I could compare it to. So I, you know, I had to genuinely react off of what she was doing and I was very nervous and obviously that red, <laughs> you know, I was just like, oh my God, this girl's like throwing me for a loop. She's, she's like really just out here playing. But I was like, oh she's out here now that I'm like now that I got the job I'm like oh my god I see what she was doing from the get-go It was awesome and I see what um casting did like if someone I was very sure of myself with the other girl who auditioned for Scylla because it was my friend we had all the time to rehearse um so you know the way that we had structured everything it was just like there had to be that little something that made you unsettled that made you slightly uncomfy because that's it shows that you're you know it shows something other than being platonic I it shows that there's some other spark there and I think because it was myself and my friend you know we went in very comfortable but you know maybe it read friendly maybe it didn't read as flirty like there there was something that she brought into that room that shifted the way that the scene was read. And I'm going
0: to so, call it the Amalia effect. Oh, it's,
2: yeah, we call her, we call her our set siren because she's that. She could get anyone to kill anyone. She...
0: <laughs> <laughs> what a power get to Amalia. have.
2: Yeah, no kidding. She uses it well. <laughs> a blessing
1: <laughs> that she's. Yes. Benevolent. So to kind of wrap up our like diving into rail questions if if you could like have season one rail tell impart some wisdom onto season three rail like what would she say
2: what would season one rail say to season three yes i don't know it would be more questions i think if i were to ask say something to my future self i would ask questions but if it we're season 3 telling season 1 Rael something what would she i think say? it would just i think it would just be to you know hold out there's love out there you just you have to be willing to accept it you have to want that for yourself um you'll find purpose you'll find faith in community and power and family um you just have to want that for yourself you have to let it happen for yourself i think that stands true for every person you know
0: totally absolutely Mm -hmm. um let's see so we're going to transition into like more questions for you rather than questions about (laughs) real Oh, uh, no one wants to hear about me. Boo! Yes, they, have you <laughs> met the internet? Yes, they do. <laughs> I swear, my Twitter timeline is all questions for you. <laughs> oh, no. So, all right. Hit me. One more time. Let's see. Sorry, my brain goes straight to song lyrics.
2: Come on, Brittany.
0: <laughs> Listen.
2: I love my partner. partner's so funny. Every time my partner hears... A, a song on the radio that's like Avril Lavigne or or anything I don't know Katy Perry. They go, oh, Britney, and I'm like, no, no, not every, <laughs>
1: not everything <laughs>
2: is You're called, <laughs> yes, oh, Britney. No, or like, you remember Complicated came on the radio. <gasps> I love Britney. I was like,
0: what are you? What?
2: Hello. <laughs> My partner only listens to like old old
1: music, so. Um, I see. Wait, is
0: that old, old music?
1: No. Oh, no, okay, my partner good. listens to the classic 70s. Pre-Britney.
0: Oh. britney Okay, free, free britney. <laughs> because Britney was when I was, like, going to university. <laughs> Everyone knows who
2: Britney is, except yeah, britney for the person that I'm in love with for some reason. Britney
0: gets around great. Start that rumor for Britney. <laughs> <laughs> Avril, Avril Lavigne is Britney, apparently. Apparently. Well, we didn't know this and now we do. (laughs) Revealing secrets. Okay, now to the actual (laughs) question. (laughs) So you spoke about the audience giving you a sense of consistency. How has being part of a show with a dedicated fandom made you feel about your future in the industry?
2: Worried because I'm scared I won't find anything like that again, but on the flip side of it, um, ready to take on anything because I know those people will stand behind me and they they'll come with me everywhere. So I feel supported. I feel like I have a family I can rely on. I feel like I have a safe space to take anything to and not be judged. Or, you know, I feel like <laughs> I feel like I could kill someone and still be commended for it. Like, like you know what, Taylor, they probably deserved it. They probably had a coming, you know? So I just, I feel like it feels very unconditional and I feel like I can't fuck up. And I think that makes me able to be the best me and the most me, um, you know, as opposed to trying to be performative. And I, I feel like I'm able, there's no pressure for me to take time, a time out, to move away from social media because I'll be respected. I, and, you know, everyone checks each other and I'm not exempt from that. You know, I think we're all supportive of each other, but we also keep each other in check and we make sure that we're getting what we need and we're making sure that we feel loved and feel safe and that we're hydrated. Like there's just no, there's no pocket of the internet that has that kind of care towards people that used to be complete strangers, like that many people. That, that is the power of what was made in the way that it affected so many people and it just keeps going it's the domino effect and you know it's i can only hope that that continues you know whichever other fandoms that these people find and where wherever they take their love you know there's just this very special type of kindness and unity within our our family and our our audience members it's just like you you can't it can't be reimagined anywhere else
0: yeah you're not getting rid
2: of
1: us (laughs) Thank God, you're not getting rid of me, (laughs) Forever! (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Um, From hearing the way everybody who's worked on this show, the way you guys like talk about it so highly, it really Mm -hmm. seems like this project really was this, it's almost like capturing like a perfect moment, it's just like right people, right place, right time kind of deal. Like, how does it feel to like be a part of something like that?
2: It really was. And it's not to say that there wasn't hardships and there's not to say that, you know, we didn't have difficulties, but that's part of it. Like we all, we all taught each other about ego and forgiveness and, and being unconditional, being a teammate and, you know, having, having a love for the craft and for each other that nothing impedes it. And I think it was just that constant reminder of like, if we don't show up and work together, this thing fucking crumbles. You have to be a team player. You have to show up and be a team. You have to be a family member. You have to pull your part. You have to, you know, every single person here has a role and responsibility to fulfill because we all have a common goal and everyone, you know, was willing. And that I think is what made it so special. I think there people take the easy way out a lot especially in this industry. And I think it's really easy to only look out for yourself. I mean, our industry conditions you to do that for safety reasons, you know, for sexual harassment, verbal harassment, the the infinite amounts of abuse that are weaved through the Hollywood industry. You're conditioned to only look out for yourself. Um, But I think there's a major distinction between... Entitlement and being f- fortunate and being um, understanding how lucky we are, and how you know we, we owe, owe it to ourselves and everybody else to be grateful and um, not to place value, not to misplace value, I think, on ourselves or each other. I think it's really easy with the way that we are treated, especially speaking from a caste standpoint to think that you are special, to think that you are grand, you know, you you were put first for everything you are, but it's, you have to remember it's an insurance check. Like it's, its it, people are doing their jobs to keep you safe so that this thing can keep going. It's not because you're special. And I think there's a very fine line that becomes misunderstood. People think, oh, I'm getting treatment because I'm great. No, you're getting treatment because everybody, shows up and is playing a t te- like playing a teammate and doing their job so people hold an umbrella over your head so that it's not more work for them to do you know it's it's so that th- this thing can move slowly everyone is putting oil on the machine so that it keeps going but i think it's really easy to misconstrue intent you know like oh I, we are walked to the front of the lunch line it's because we're special. No, it's because you have to get in the makeup chair early and you have to be back on set. Like there's just a lot of things that could be misconstrued. And I think if we don't keep each other in check and that's a responsibility we have, especially as cast members, then, then I think egos come out. And, um, yeah, I think that's something that was very special about this show was that we all, you know, we all kept each other as teammates. We all respected each other and even when things were hard or ugly in our own lives we showed up for each other we we knew to separate personal from professional and we all played our part and that's what a family does you know you compromise and um yeah we got we got lucky for sure we won the lottery with with people everyone brought something different to the dynamic that made it work it was just
1: like a it was special. It's very
2: special. I learned so much about myself and about other people. I I mean I was in the presence of very, very great teachers and very, very strong women. And that's um that's a blessing for sure.
0: That's awesome. It shows. Do you
1: have it definitely shows. For sure.
0: It definitely shows.
2: <laughs> yeah. Some very, very incredible people making this show.
1: Do you have a favorite moment like from working on this project? One that stands out?
2: I mean, there are infinite, infinite favorite moments, but I think a lot of the, um, I think like I I understate this a lot, but something that when I think back to that really sticks out for me was how much Demetria taught me and how wise she is. And I I think Lynn as well too, like seeing, seeing how playful lynn is and she's tapped into this energy that is undying and she's so much love to give it's just like it reminds me of like the steps that i want to take for myself and how i want to care for myself and how i don't ever want to lose that playfulness and that energy and being goofy but also just like the shift she can make to just utmost professionalism and grace and, and posture and you know and knowing when each environment is appropriate for which, um, that was something that I I really, um, took observation with, um, and playing with Demetria, like, she was one that I I very highly respected. I mean, you can see it even on her, on, on screen, how (laughs) intimidating she, she can be, but that's the thing is you just have to, you have to respect those people. And I think, Those are the people that when you push to look them in the eye, you get more from them because you have to earn the respect back. And um, Demetria is not one of those people that shells out respect. You know, you have to earn it. And um, working with her taught me so much about strength and professionalism. And being a scene partner, like she just was always there 210%. She never half-assed anything. Her work ethic is impeccable. Um, it was very admirable to watch and, you know, she's, she's just so strong. She's just a tough, tough lady. And she has so much lived experience and knowledge and, um, yeah, it's just, she's remarkable to, to watch, just to watch her move through life and interact with other people. Like even just in the green room, like I'm watching her and, and I, she's a she's a big listener. Like she doesn't she doesn't speak unless called for. I think that's something that's very interesting because I'm like I have no censorship. I just like my brain to my mouth faster. It funnels no faster than Taylor. I <laughs> at all. It's just <laughs> crazy. But she's such a a listener, and that's something that I admire so much because I don't understand it. I mean, I'm, I'm such a I'm such a speaker. I'm so arrogant that way, but. You know, I'm I'm aware of it. And um I yeah, I just have so much respect for the people who watch because I think you learn so much that way.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I love
2: my scenes with yeah, I love my scenes with Demetria. I think that was a big they were never like soft scenes either. Like I was always going through torment every time we had a one on one conversation. But that was it though You had to get to the, the root of the gritty shit like we we were in it you know so there was no you couldn't hold up any barriers you just had to let it flow and like drop your gloves on the ground and be like all right let's you know let's do this so Taylor, i there's I like three scenes to... in the
0: entire series yeah. where rail gets <laughs> to relax so we know that... <laughs> but yeah <it> was... <laughs> I, I
2: praise her so much. I have so much uh respect for her. She's she's so
0: great. Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Here's a fun question. Well, fun for us.
1: No such thing.
0: <laughs> okay, you're all fun. So <laughs> we <laughs> we asked we asked Katherine this too. And she had an interesting answer. Um so rail and Cilla stole, uh, well, everybody, but Rael found the boat that they were going to steal mm-hmm. in 302. So, right. But who do you think would sink the boat out of would the group? Sink the boat? Yeah, who would have sank the boat?
2: <laughs> I don't know why. If I just want to say Tony or Adil, just because I know Tony
0: and I think he would sink the boat. <laughs> But it'd probably be me. on purpose or it would probably be you no not at all he's like
2: very wholesome and like trying to make things better and then he would just like sink the boat
0: see that's like, i think that's why i don't know Who why did Catherine actually say it was
1: didn't she think it would be a team effort but tally would basically do that
2: yeah yeah but i feel like that's the obvious answer that's why i was like mm-hmm. No, I think Adele did it. (laughs) There you go! Like, if you knew Tony, I love Tony so much. Tony's probably one of my greatest friends from the set. Like, and I just, like, I got so little time with him. Actually, like, we we didn't really have any one-on-one scenes, I don't think, ever. Like, we, it was always group interactions, but we got to know each other so well just by, like, we loved reading books. And so I'm probably just more... Honestly,
0: answering that,
2: I think
1: Tony would sink the boat.
2: But he'd probably say the same thing about me.
0: Well, everyone did say that Rail would crash the bus when we were uh, doing that panel, so. Checks out. <laughs> <laughs> Rail or Taylor, not sure. Sometimes those <laughs> things. Uh, well,. Catherine said that Tally made the hole in the boat, but Abigail was like, oh, you think that's a hole? Here's a hole. (laughs) She's not wrong. That's not wrong.
2: Yeah, yeah. I just thought it would be like, someone would be like, Tony, go like in the hatches or something. He'd be like, okay. And he'd be, or Adil. And he'd be running and then he would just like step through the boat and like land in the water.
0: The, the biggest accident ever, and he's just there with his yeah. leg through the through the boat hull, <laughs> yeah. jammed, and the water's like flooding into his face. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's a follow up question. So, did Rail does Rail have a lot of experience stealing boats with girls? Is that like? <laughs> I'm gonna go with this was a first for her. Okay.
2: She seems experienced, but I think she's just trying to look cool in front of a girl. Oh,
0: okay, so she's she's just trying to be all cool and badass in front of Sula. Yeah, it's
2: Rail's turn. Rail
0: never looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> she
1: she Does it get chances to. <laughs>
2: no, never. She's like, yeah, I know. Boats. <laughs> <laughs> this one. <laughs> Like, She's just like, no, that one's too loud. No, that one's too small. Yeah, yeah this is the one that I'll like,
0: fuck witches. <laughs> That's what I liked yeah, was the on. way that she was like, yeah. like Probably was like, what about this one? And Raelle's like, girl. <laughs> Please. I got you. That's cute that I you think you. that.
2: <laughs> Literally. She's like. Rael sees the the stickers, and she's like, you know what? This isn't even the
0: most efficient boat, but fuck this guy. I'm taking his (laughs) This boat, because this guy gets fucked. (laughs) Yep. Because you know it's a white dude. (laughs) Of course. Oh, yeah. Who else?
1: (laughs) Who else? So thanks for stealing that boat. I hope it sunk. All
0: the tyranny. (laughs) All the tyranny. I hope it sunk too. Like, in my the canon in my mind is that they sunk that boat after they got off. Period. Lit it on fire. Period. Like that's that's when Adil was like, "Hey guys, yeah, yeah." Nicta probably just lit it on fire. That's true. Oh, yeah. So Next we've got one, one more it. little section, but it's uh, would you rather's. Okay, let's do it. <sighs> it's funny because I planned out this section, and then I saw the "Would You Rather" on the Motherland account, and I was like, "They stole my idea." <laughs> Let's yeah, talk
1: so about we did Hubris. It <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, rapid fire. Let's go. I can do this. I'm going to do this as fast as I can. Thinking. Would you rather get in a tickle fight with Nicta, or listen to Vera talk about how she and silla used to run?
2: Nikta. answer. <laughs> that was the most painful. To I would end up with like no left leg or
0: something, but worth it. She's like, I'm going to end up with body parts missing, but it's preferable. <laughs> new murder charges. It's fine. Whatever. All right. New murder charges. It's cool. Whatever. Nothing new. Right? Would you rather be punched? From- <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Would you rather she got be there. punched she in the face? <laughs> <laughs> All I can think about now is Rayo murdering Vera. do <laughs> what you gotta do. I said what I said. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Would you rather be punched in the face by Abigail or Scylla? Abigail. Molly is strong, dude. Like I don't strong. Doubt it. I've seen a picture of her holding up a grown man. Like hey, like just lifts like feathers, nothing. She's strong. See that goes along with my theory that Scylla would win the the a fist fight between them
2: <laughs> There's no guesswork there. We won't-
1: we won't tell. <laughs> Alright. Oh,
0: this Who one. would you-
1: who would you rather get the <laughs> sex talk from? Alder or Anacostia?
0: <laughs> Ooh.
1: <laughs> it's a hard There's one. no winner here.
0: <laughs> There's no winner. <laughs> I was gonna
2: say Alder, but at least Anacostia might kind of make it funny. Whereas Alder would be like, You get pregnant, you
1: die. Right. It's like pure the Puritan version of three hundred years ago.
2: Or or Alder would be like Alder would be like, Joy, give yourself over. Whereas Anacostia would be like, I don't know, you put the thing in the thing, do the damn thing. I don't know, you figure it out. Like Yeah. So maybe Anacostia. Yeah, Anacostia's <laughs> like, you rip the pants off.
0: Oh, there's a case, she...
2: It's very spiritual. You're connecting spirits. Like you become one. I'm gonna be like, I don't want to.
0: You're like, figure it out for yourself. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know. Here's a book. <laughs> figure
2: it out. Yeah. Does it feel good? I don't know. Figure it out.
0: <laughs> figure it out until it does. <laughs> that. That's what all men seem to do. There you go takes them forever more shade for the men (laughs) that's what we're here for yeah absolutely fuck the patriarchy
1: this
0: is a a gay podcast exactly This this is where the queer lives word okay would you rather stare into Scylla's eyes or lay in a bathtub full of baby ducks
2: Can I do both at the same time?
0: <laughs> I, that's the answer. That's the answer. Maybe she's supervising. Okay. Well, handing the ducks
2: because because I can kind of stare into Sylla's eyes whenever
0: I would do the baby ducks because it was probably only a one-time thing. I don't know Good if answer. you're gonna live on a on a farm with baby ducks. It could be all day, every day. It could be, but there was no specification. See, she's sticking to the I rules. Know, we, we appreciate a rule follower. Sometimes. I'm not like Rael. <laughs> <But like, laughs> I don't get it. Rael <laughs> doesn't do
2: what they said. And they're like, yeah, they're very <laughs> they're the very opposite thing.
0: I'm like, Whatever I, they I say, do the opposite. <laughs> right. I don't get it. <laughs> hey, she's going to have some fun since so she's tortured so much. Yeah, I'm like tally. I have fun playing all the rules. I'm
2: like, this is fun, guys! <laughs> okay, now you roll the dice, and only one,
0: and no cheating! Just <laughs> cards. <laughs> yeah, no peeking! Yeah, over here reading the rule book, and Raelle's like, fuck the game, flip the board. I feel so called out. <laughs> <laughs> People, like, and I'm like, I don't understand, and then having to Google the the rules. <laughs> you like download the PDF <laughs> of the rules from the website of like Parker Brothers. Have I played a board game with you before? Shh, we don't talk about it <laughs> because I feel personally attacked. <laughs> my Sorry. greatest goal in life has been achieved. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Hickson. That's going in my Twitter bio now. <laughs> personally attacked Taylor Erickson. <laughs>
1: over a board game. <sighs> All right, last one. Would you rather be handcuffed to Hearst or VP Silver for a day?
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> the worst day ever. <laughs> Just pick up a white man for 5,000, that's your choice. Yeah, which which <laughs> color <critter laughs> white dude <laughs>
2: um, could you tolerate? I could him? handle VP Silver. VP Silver is a coward. He's getting Hearst to do all of the dirty work. I, I can handle VP Silver in a second. Wait, what Hurst? if we threw?
0: What if we threw Kara in the in the mix?
2: Oh, I don't like her. She's scary. No, <laughs>
0: she is scary. Yeah, she's somehow worse. <laughs> she's wait, scarier than uh, either of them. Wait,
2: okay. do the rules allow you to change a would you rather at the last minute? Y- yes. i can handle them both okay there you go All i'm right. not taking her been there right didn't turn out so well for me i mean
0: Yay. you're still alive yeah not so, so much so- you're still alive i mean yeah uh, after he again, killed me four times well, okay <laughs> we don't talk about that you. let's, let's let check the amount of times <laughs> the amount of times that ray hell has been unalived What's and alive Fun drinking game! It is! Just you, 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 you'll be crunk by the second
1: you'll episode. You'll be drunk. drunk. Yes. Don't kill our listeners and <laughs> give them ideas. You won't... <laughs> Make a left in my honor.
0: <laughs> you'll be at the hospital. Oh, for But, but hey, at least, at least she's alive. At least you're drunk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: Rayelle needed to get drunk.
2: <laughs> Seriously. She needed to just be drunk the entirety
0: of Motherland. Pretty much. It probably would have so. gone better for her. <laughs> and she would just be like hiccuping between <laughs>
2: <people>. <laughs> Fuck you, Hurst.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like she kept stumbling in. <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> Your face is dumb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're
2: dumb.
0: Hey, Scylla, what's up? Oh, <laughs> you, like, I should be like, kind of like, licking her and stuff? Yeah, like, just licking her on the side of the face. Silla's like, you're drunk. <laughs> again. Always. Oh. Again. <laughs> again. Rails drunk again. Must be Tuesday. Must be Tuesday. God, do what you gotta do. I'd be drunk if I lived in the world of Mothercare. <laughs> right. God, we should be drunk right now. It's pretty much parallel.
2: Hey, it's nine p.m. I can put some Bailey's in here. There you go. There you Perfect.
0: Go. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've solved the problems. Just be drunk. Mm-hmm.
2: Those are good. What would you rather questions? Those are awesome questions. You asked tons of great questions this entirety
0: of the, of Thank the show. You. We do try. Thank you. We, uh, you should hear us pontificate uh, by ourselves, without someone to keep us in check. Big witch energy. (laughs) Girl, it is. Period. All right. So, do you have any final words of wisdom or of non-wisdom besides be drunk every episode?
1: (laughs) Don't do that. Don't. That do it's not anybody. my body. We're not that water. endorsing that. <laughs> this is not official Big Wish Energy advice. Hydrate with up. water. Um.
2: <laughs> yes. Um. Wow. There. I just want to say thank you. I mean, especially if you made it this far <laughs> into the show, listening to me talk.
0: Oh my god, girl! We're gonna you. see Maybe so well. many clips still here. <laughs> listen, They're still people hey would guys. listen to a podcast of you for five hours. Let's be real.
2: I just, I just want to say thank you for every person who's you know walked this this journey with with us all. Like it's just there really isn't enough verbal thanks that that we could give. Um, but you know, I'm not gonna say goodbye or part with any of you. So I'll just keep reminding you how grateful I am and how much I love you all. Thank you.
0: Speaking of being handcuffed to someone forever, <laughs> you're handcuffed to-, to Okay. It's <laughs> <entire> fandom. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> I love it.
2: <sighs> thank you so much for having me. Well, this.
0: thank you. Well, we thank had you. a lot it's, of fun.
2: It's so fun.
0: It's such, I mean, we always
2: have fun chatting. Like, and my face hurts from laughing. So
0: <laughs> that's do. the funny thing about. Listen, I'll say this. It's accomplished. Where I live, it's been like 106 degrees, and both of my air conditioners are out. So it has actually, good- I have not noticed at all for the last like two hours. Amazing. We've been having fun. Please drink
2: some water and some salt. Hydrate, free Don't worry, I've some got. Salt.
1: Just go eat some
2: salt. Add a Baden.
0: I've got yes, my. <laughs> yeah. I love it. well I've Thank got you two so own, much, so you've you guys. Got that one
1: on the other side. Oh, I love it. It's I
0: have... amazing. I need to get some stickers. Hey, we have uh, tons of really awesome red Redbubble <laughs> stuff out there, so. Amazing. go find you some and yes that's the place to go so many great artists
2: awesome and where what time is it where you guys are right now uh
0: 1104 p.m
1: oh wow
0: well she's oh. in pacific time so
2: yeah I'm in you're over here at 9 p.m with me yeah yeah amazing well thank you so much Bree, for staying
0: up so late to pleasure. chat my boss came to me and was like hey do you want tomorrow off and i was like yes please thank you god <laughs> oh my god! That's so it was oh. serendipitous. Yeah. The no universe kidding. was like, "Yes." Well, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt.
2: interrupt no, we got the but, like,
0: I can't tell if you finished the podcast or not. Did you wrap up? Girl, we just we just chit chatting. <laughs> okay, well,
1: did you do? We... So, like, am I cut? Can I, and I come back and talk? Or yes, come back and talk. <laughs> it's like, I could not tell. Yeah, come on, bye, everyone. <laughs> Caitlin's making us sign off now. I'm putting this in the podcast by the way. Hey, <laughs> okay,
0: that's a good sign if the entire podcast turned Is it, out like Caitlin's, Caitlin <laughs> like made we us. We were just off. having a conversation. Hey, yeah, you
1: can stop recording. We're good. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all of our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. Yeah, please subscribe and like all the things. If you happen to be listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it. If you could leave us a review no matter how brief. this is what Apple uses in their algorithm to uh, help us gate a wider audience so please 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 help us out.
0: Yes and please feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you about everything and anything and if we like it, we'll probably give you a shout out on the air. You can find us at all the things. Twitter at Big Gay Energy Pod, Tumblr, Big Gay Energy Pod, Instagram, Big Gay Energy Pod, or you can email us at biggayenergypod at gmail.com. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for Lesbian Jesus.